When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Education consultant and parenting commentator Joseph Dreesen, we're talking about the importance of male role models and fathers in the lives of our children. Joseph, good morning. Good morning, Catherine. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not always possible for someone to have their dad actively in their lives for many reasons. So we'll talk more about the difference or, or, or the difference that a role model or a male figure can make. But first, what do we know from research about the importance of fathers' active involvement? Uh, well, the research shows is very clear that 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 when a um, uh, when a the music, a, the music's uh, died, but the phone's still going. <laughs> All good, Joseph. Carry uh, on. The um, yeah, the research shows that when a uh, a family has got a father involved, actively involved, whether they're separated or whether they're living at home, um, the the outcomes of the children are way better in every respect, like on average. So the average children have better mental health, uh, they do better at school, and uh, they are less extreme risk-taking behaviors like driving and drinking. Um, They postpone having boyfriends and girlfriends uh, because I think they feel secure in in those relationships with their parents. And so they're much more mature when they embark on that part of their life. And their their overall life outcomes are better. They often, uh, if you look at their sort of kind of their divorces, their parenting, it's all better. And so the role of fathers is in fact really important. And what I think uh, our listeners should perhaps, what I would encourage our listeners to do is to actually the average family, not not the extreme viewpoints, but the extra, the, the average family, um, they should have a conversation and give fathers their voice a little bit more. And, and uh, for us as a, uh, as a society to, to say, well, how can we how can we facilitate this transition from men being breadwinners to becoming active fathers? How can we facilitate that, for example? You know, how can we have better paternity leave, which, like in Sweden, is compulsory, so employers can't stop fathers from, from taking paternity leave, or, or, or better sort of um, arrangements in the workplace, change your attitudes and realize, hey, many fathers are just as active with their children as mothers, so let's let's get rid of this 1950s model that men just work and then go home and their wives are raising the children. That is completely obsolete. So I think there needs to be a cultural shift and I think we need to talk about that um, uh, uh, and give fathers a little bit of a voice, uh, the, the average father, the average family. It's uh, uh, it, it's interesting, actually. You know, good employers will already build that in somehow, good in inverted commas. You know, even if it's getting a way to go to a kid's school event or a sports event or a prize giving or something, just making sure that they're present. And and what if you dig into it a little bit more, what is it that is uh, often different in the approach a father will take or uh, the, the the way they are perceived and seen by their children, the mum? Um, these are, of course, um, average results. Like you know, everybody is different and every family has different dynamic. Uh, but often you'll find that fathers are a little bit less emotive sometimes. They, 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 
they they're a little bit more less feeling rather than uh, a sort of a rational approach. Um, some fathers are like that. Um, some fathers also have a more sort of a, a sort of a slightly more assertive management approach, and let's just do this, you know. And 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 so let the children feel the boundaries. Sometimes of fathers more they're more clear, they're more firm, they're more less negotiable, uh, which some children really thrive on. Not we don't want to go down the track of kind of authoritarian parenting, no. but th- at least that's they what say they go do. ask your mother, of course. But the other thing, yeah. is, the other <laughs> yeah. thing, of course, is verbosity, and, and this is something Celia Lash used to talk about a lot. Uh, yeah, again, absolutely. if we're being a little stereotypical, if we're talking broadly, uh, there can be a big difference in communication styles. That may well be complementary, actually, but a big difference in communication styles often between mum and dad. Yeah, yeah. The research shows that most of the talking in families is done. There was a big American research project done by the mother. Which in some ways is normal because they are home and they they see themselves and they are often the main caregivers. But we want to get away from that. We want to get away that the 1950s male just earns money and the mother raised the children. Because the reality is both parents should be involved and should should pull their weight. And so um, the fathers they are often less verbose uh, and and especially with boys, uh, verbosity doesn't work because uh, when boys get upset. And uh, and some girls as well, they just shut down their cognitive verbal abilities uh, for boys and they go into sort of an action mode, like they just want to go into their, their cave or, or lash out physically. And so a much less verbose, brief, calm, uh, rational approach for some children works really well and, and the fathers who can make that contribution, they make a big difference. All right. The other thing is also, um, and this is perceived as, as particularly important for, for sons, uh, the 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 role modelling factor, which is I'm looking ultimately at what it is to become a man, uh, and obviously the first place I'm likely to look is is to the way my father does stuff, right? Um, yeah. And 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 again, this is where the role models, and you 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 get into this as you wish. This is where the role models, if dad can't be there or isn't there, can pick up some of that. What is it that boys are? either knowingly or unknowingly looking for in male role models, specifically in their father? Yeah, well, the whole research about the interaction between children and, and adults makes it incredibly clear that it, it sort of children learn adults. They, they just, like, they say that you're not taught by a teacher, you learn the teacher how they are. And so uh, fathers... Uh, just by being how they react how they how they're caring and kind and how they take responsibility and how they do their job and just a way males think and, and and operate a boy just observes that and but the the key thing is that the boy feels good to be a man he, he feels good to be a boy because his father is comfortable in his own skin in his own sort of you know it's good to be a guy and so the boy catches that and then Hopefully, because the father shares his interest, might be golf, might be rugby, might be playing the share market, might just be playing games with him. Um, he introduces his son to sort of positive male role models, his friends and uh, and his rugby club and uh, or, or his his music uh, choir he goes to. And so boys see more role models. And, and it's the variety of role models which boys need to see to sort of pick and choose what they like about different guys. And our girls have this 
the enormous advantage of our girls is that they get this from kindergarten onwards. They're, they're, they're exposed to wonderful women role models and we need to just make more effort to enable boys to get the same. It's a really good point because we know in the primary school overwhelmingly uh, the, uh, the teaching uh, profession is, is female these days in classrooms. Uh, interestingly enough, the leaders of the schools are still much more uh, oriented towards um, males number-wise, numbers-wise, relative to the, to the classrooms. But that's an interesting point. If you're looking for a diversity of different role models, Boys aren't seeing it as often in in the preschool or, or, or the primary school, are they? Yeah, may I just make a pick up that comment about males being more commonly uh, in in positions of authority? That is true, but it's a, it's, a, it's just a cultural lag. Oh, I, like, I, I agree. I'm just putting in, out in the my, irony. No, no, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not. It's what I'm saying is it sort of undermines the whole thing all the time. The the, the counter the counter point of view. Like in my work in my school consulting which I do every day most of the middle management are women and many of the top management are women I see many women principals it will only be 20 years before our sons will be taught nearly exclusively by women and so and so that should really make us sit up uh, how much would we do that to our daughters so I think the male role model is really important but what is also important is how we make boys feel about being uh, about their father and about men in general and 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 so like the comment is what happens if there's no guy in your family well it's how you make your son feel about men and about being a guy and being a boy and about his father and so it, it pays you even to say if a divorce isn't very good and you're angry with your partner it pays you to actually to be quite determined to separate your own feelings from what you narrate to your son because if our sons feel bad about being a man if they just constantly get get told that you know the white the white sort of male is sort of you know uh, the power crazy person who should be abolished and they're constantly exposed to pedophiles failed politicians people like trump and they don't see real guys in their life it's going to definitely distort their own viewpoint of what it's not good to be a guy. How and do you get? Into, how do you get or, or find a way to get the real guys uh, and and the, and the good guys, the ones that you want, whose values and um, uh, you know the kind of role models that you want? What are the ways you can do that? Because uh, I, I know there are some programs available, and I know. Um, uh, that often, if the kids are involved, say in sports, they they might be seeing that, but that might have a dollar. You know, the cost of sports these days is so expensive. Is it sometimes going to be a family member or a trusted, you know, yeah. um, friend, yeah. a husband of a friend, for example, uh, who yeah, might go to some that. events? Where do you look for that? And as you say, not just for one even, but for uh, some some guys you want your, your, your boy to be around. Yeah, I think people should actually um, start a narration in their families and amongst their friends about the needs of our sons for male role models, and and we should be living in extended families. And in my uh, in my experience, I see many many young men actually stepping up. They realise and they they reach out to their little nephews and they reach out to to boys and they they sort of take them under their wing. And I think there's a vast untapped potentials in our extended families of men who actually would like to reach out if they just asked. 
And so it's possible for, say, a person living by themselves or they don't have any men in their lives to think about ask their brother or their uncle or their grandfather or, or, or a sporting coach and, and just, you know, you've got to manage this. But and just say, can we form some connections? I've seen it many times where boys who were sort of underfathered and they, they just met with one male role model and it made a massive difference. And I think that's why the whole conversation should be starting in the average family of how can we do a slightly better job. It is also something you can do when you look, and people are busy, but when you look around at how you might be able to help out friends or wider family or your community, uh, it, it is something to bear in mind, isn't it, that this could be a tremendous gift to be giving someone just to, oh. you might you might, you know, you might have your own uh, kids, for example, but if you can lend some of your time um, and some of your um, self to, to to someone else's boy, that is actually a huge gift um, to, to give someone, right? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And what is also very interesting, Catherine, is that it's only when you start looking after a child, physically looking after and, and, and making room for them, that it activates a nurturing parental response. So if you're always on the sideline and you're sort of, sort of a little helper and you don't really have that responsibility, then that parenting response, which is a biological nurturing response, is sort of dormant. But the minute, the minute you start actually making room for a child in your life and you reach out to them, they, they, they get under your skin. Actually, you just, you just become a super parent. You love them. And, and my advice to some women is like what Celia Lashley said, get off the bridge. Uh, my advice for some mothers and women is actually to try and just step back and just let that happen. Let, let the father or the parent figure or the mentor just take responsibility and then automatically the instinct takes over in most cases you know you've got to manage it and um but that's so what i think what i see is fathers who are still into the role model of making work and the central thing and they never really have looked after a child they're sort of dormant in their in their parenting instincts thank you joseph joseph dreesen Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.